Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, hey guys, welcome to our podcast. And today, this is the second part of Emotions Are Big Fat Liars. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how emotions play the part, play a role in our relationships, in our communication. So if you haven't listened to part one, you're going to need to do that. So stop the podcast. Go back and listen. Thanks for joining us. And we're your host, Daniel and Bonnie. And we're so glad that you have decided to come back for the second part. And uh, hopefully you'll listen all the way through. That's right. So emotions, they are big, fat, hairy liars. And um, this summer, Colby played in his uh, last eight-year-old baseball tournament. Now, we've got to explain something about this team. They were, uh, before this tournament... They were like twenty three and zero. Yeah, they yeah. Or were. 20, yeah, something like that. Oh, and twenty three. Is it the losses uh, no, come first? I the, don't know. The win. They had lost all games. There you go. They had lost every <laughs> game. Oh, and twenty three. Yes. Yes. Oh, and twenty three. They were. Yeah. They're wonderful kids. Yeah, they're they just awesome. couldn't win a game. And they practice great, but something happens. Like when they get on the field, something yep. happens, and they and it just all falls apart. And that's what happened again. Last weekend at that oh tournament gosh. on that Saturday, um, maybe not so much to the whole team, but definitely to Colby. I well, mean, Colby likes to win. Colby is very competitive yes. and he likes to win. He doesn't care if he plays outfield, infield, right field. He doesn't care. He just wants to. He wants the win, yeah. and um, and the whole team. So the get the the tournament started on a Saturday and it was a Sunday. And on Saturday, they were just stinking it up. Man, no kid could catch a ball. It's like it's like they had never played. No. Not, I mean, there's kids. No matter their skill level on the team, were all playing terrible. And Colby was having a rough day. And he was. He, and at some point, I I knew he was done because I looked out there and he and he turned around. And he looked at the scoreboard. They were losing. He just started shaking his head, and I was like, uh oh. He was going down a. He a, was gone. He's going down in the dumps. He was gone, and he could not pull it back. And after the game, they lost. And he and <laughs> sure sure they did. After the game, he's just on the way to the car he's just in tears he's like i'm the worst player ever we're never gonna win a game and he was just distraught which i do want him to be passionate about winning i don't want to be apathetic but there's there's a happy medium in there but the whole thing i mean i'm the worst ever i'm never i'm i can't do anything Mm -hmm. right and and his emotions were starting to lie to him or they had he was listening to the lies they had been lying to him for a good long time that day and he just went off the rails and you know the well, they net, weren't lying they really haven't won any games no but, but they had, but that, they were lying to him yeah about, about who he who was, he was. And, and we st- we had a long talk that day and we um that that night i feel like he had a reset he hit reset we yeah. went back on on sunday and all the boys it's like they hit reset and they finally started playing to their potential and they won their last two games of the season <laughs> last two games and it was awesome but even when colby was making errors his emotions were were he was high he was riding high on we're winning. winning we're doing great and his emotions were even lying to them that and that <laughs> thinking i'm the best in the world and he was still making some errors but man they had a great game it was a totally different night back at the house i mean he was yeah he was so happy. And so our emotions can shift on a dime. Yeah. And one thing we said in the last episode is that 
our emotions can create a false reality mm-hmm. in our head. And that comes into our marriage when we get into an argument with our spouse. And if you remember, we talked about the flat brain theory of emotions and the flat brain tango, which we're going to get into a little bit in a little bit. But you can't blame a nine-year-old for being a nine-year-old. And, and feeling, for having emotions. And feeling nine-year-old emotions. Because right. we do it too. I mean, that's the thing is that we think, oh, he was just being a nine-year-old. But nine-year-olds can be nine-year-olds. But as a mm-hmm. grown-up... We tend to do the same thing. We get something in our head. We go down this rabbit hole of emotion, and it leads the way. And like we talked about last week, emotions can be big, fat liars mm-hmm. and tell us things that aren't true. And we and it clouds how we see our spouse. It clouds how we see our relationship, and it wrecks us. And what happens is we get into that flat brain tango mm-hmm. where you give me the thud, I can no longer think straight yep. and, and feel empathy for you or, you know, and then guess what? I thud you. I say something that sucker punches you. Now you're flat brain and we just keep going yep. and we get into something that we're going to call a pattern mm-hmm. and we're going to dive into these patterns a little bit today, but every couple has their own tango pattern and it's a habit it's another word for that maybe it happens on sunday mornings getting ready to church or mornings getting ready for school or maybe it's you know in the evenings when you're getting ready for bed whenever uh, it involves parenting conversations finances um there's but there's a wide array of topics that can trigger our flat brain response and we get in these patterns and you're probably like us. You find we argue about the same thing over and over and over again. Or we yeah. or we argue the same way Yeah, over and over and over again. And we have these patterns we've fallen into and it seems like we, we're just destined to do this forever. And so how can we learn to break these tango patterns? That's what we're going to be discussing today. It's now time for Things I Never Said Before I Had Kids. Where did you get that chicken nugget? We haven't been to Chick-fil-A in three days. (laughs) So today we're going to keep talking about the flat brain uh, pattern, the flat brain tango, the flat brain theory of emotions. We all grew up in a family, right? We all grew up in a a family origin, and we developed patterns for communication within that family. Maybe you grew up in a very healthy family. Maybe you grew up in a dysfunctional family. I grew up in a healthy family, but as I got older, I realized there was dysfunction in the way we communicated, Mm -hmm. and I formulated that pattern Mm -hmm. out of the family of or my family of origin, and then I brought that into our marriage we both did that and whether it was something that we learned from our spouse or even previous dating relationships i'll say probably i started developing some some patterns in some of my dating relationships where i would i would try to you know manipulate through those communication patterns to get my way and they worked pretty well until i met you (laughs) (laughs) and you didn't communicate that way and you didn't respond that way and you did not stand for me to manipulate manipulate you that way and so I had to learn. I threw you off your game, didn't you I? You threw me off my game, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but um, but we had to learn to break those patterns or to formulate our own pattern that would work. And through the years, I think, you know, early on in our marriage, we developed some of those and we stumbled into some or we were intentional about others. And then we got into a good 
pattern for a while and then you get, you continue along for a while and then you find other issues and you start getting into patterns again that are bad. Mm-hmm. And we had just we still have to every now and then go, why are we arguing about this? This is stupid. We're doing it again. Yeah. Well, communications like anything else, you don't drift into good patterns. Mm-mm. We drift into bad patterns. Yeah. You know, when we get busy, we start eating bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out to eat more or you just, you know, it's comfort food for us, that kind of thing. Ice or, cream. you know, yeah, we don't stumble into working out. Oh, look, I'm in the gym and lifting weights. That's an intentional, <laughs> it's an intentional thing. And so, and it's the same way in, in our marriage. Uh, we have to intentionally try to put in good patterns. And that kind of, in our marriage, it brings us to this story. We stumbled onto something, I think, early on by the grace of God. It wasn't because we were you know, smart or anything. And it affected our marriage. And now 21 years later, it's, it's still affecting us. And we were surrounded by people that showed us what we didn't want. And then we were around people that showed us what we did. We took notes for a long time. For a long time. I mean, we took notes with parenting. We took notes with, I mean, we, we always were trying to figure out how do we do this better? Because yeah. we wanted our relationship to be great. It was started out so great, and it was just this romantic dream. And then you, you start getting comfortable, and you're like, how can we keep that? How can we? And then you, like anything else, you have to keep working at it. And I think we were intentional about how do we get better at this. And um, we're still trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. So tango patterns are habitual. Um, they're, they're formed by, by it. They're formed by us in our marriage either intentionally or unintentionally through repetition. And, mm-hmm. and the more you repeat something, the more you do something, the more you do something. And um, and so we can just find ourselves in arguments out of the blue. But there's a lot of times we get into the tango out of a habit. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it's it's just comfortable. Yeah, It's easier. It's our go-to. It's our go-to. And honestly, there's a lot of pride, a lot of selfishness involved. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to let my guard down enough with you to try to change that habit yeah. and that communication style. Well, because somehow along the way, we think we're we're winning at that. Mm-hmm. One of us is going to come out as a winner in that, which if just one of us comes out a winner, then the marriage loses. And that's not good. It's not good for our relationship. It's not good for our kids either, for the, the patterns that they're seeing us develop. And so how do we stop this? So we we need to find out ways if we know that there are these things that we do, this tango we get into, we, we've got to figure out a way to stop it. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a few things we can do to, do to stop that. Well, first of all, you've, you've got to spot your pattern. You've got to recognize I'm in an unhealthy pattern mm-hmm. of, of communication or of processing my emotions. Yeah. I mean, listen, like we said, we can't fault a nine-year-old for, for crying and losing 25 games. But, mm-hmm. but we... As adults, we can fault ourselves for defaulting to our emotions to try mm-hmm. to manipulate or try to be passive aggressive or try to wound or injure. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen from time to time. But eventually, if this marriage is going to work, one of us has got to step up and hopefully both of us has got to step up and say, okay, what we've been doing ain't working. Yeah. Right. It's like if I look in the mirror and I'm all of a sudden up to 400 pounds, the way I'm eating ain't working. Right. I've got to change something. So we've got to spot the pattern. Well, and I think 
Well, for instance, so we we got into a really bad pattern for a while, and it took us a long time to realize. I think it was probably when you um, when you read this and when you took this in your in your um, course in your master's degree, we started talk understanding what this flat brain tango is, and we're like, oh. We do, oh, that. we do that. We totally do that. And one of the things that was really this hot button issue for me that made me start, that made me um, aggressively <laughs> come after you almost daily was around dinner time, because. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got to set this up and kind of frame the story. For years, I didn't have, I didn't have an office at the church. And so there were days I would go into the office, days I would work from home. And then when my position changed and I got into this position as executive pastor, now all of a sudden I have an office and I have to go into the office every day, different things like that. And so, um, and then I started, you know, taking over the counseling and different things and counseling sessions would go long and I'd find myself getting home at six o'clock, six fifteen. Yeah. Different things like that. Or I'd walk out to the car and I'd start a phone conversation and I couldn't call you and say, hey, I'm on my way. Yeah. So you didn't know. So so you're like 30 minutes. You leave. And it's like 25 minutes for you to get home. And yes. so kind of our deal was call me when you are leaving so I can make sure dinner's ready when you get here because I kind of wanted to have a family dinner. It's important to me that we have a family dinner with the kids and mm-hmm. um so I've always tried to hold dinner till you walk in the door, you come in, dinner's ready, we sit down. But it was making my life a nightmare when either you wouldn't, you wouldn't call me so I wouldn't start dinner. You'd walk in the door at 6 o'clock and I'm like raising my hands going, you didn't call me. You're you, expecting me at like 5. Yeah, and I was expecting you at 5 so we don't have dinner ready. Or it's cold now and I've been trying to keep it warm or it's 6 o'clock and you still haven't left the office. So there was this miscommunication happening so you'd come in late and i would explode there would be really (laughs) and it's like this nice dinner that i had in mind has turned into battle and our kids eyes are huge wide like what is happening and you waited on me y'all wouldn't eat yeah and and of course they got home from school at 2 30 and had eaten dinner at eaten lunch at 11 o'clock and i ended at six o'clock and they're starving and they're grumpy and i'm grumpy but the thing is is when i walked in it was never a we never recognized the problem no what it did was just every night you were mad at me. Yeah. And it started this, and then, well, she's mad at me, so I'm mad at her. I don't know why, but I'm mad at her tonight. Yeah, and it wasn't that I always, like, would say mean things because the kids were there, so I'd just be grumpy towards you. Mm-hmm. I'd just, like, huff and puff and or say, well, it's about time you got here under my breath, and then we go sit down in there with the kids, and you're looking at me like, what in the world's wrong with her? So it started this thing. It just set this tone, this undertone of frustration and anger and then that went on for a while it did but then one day you came and you said okay here's here's an issue it was very logical very thought out very much i've identified a problem how do we fix it yeah what brought you to that point how did so we said you got to spot your pattern how did you spot that pattern i think it it came to a point and i'm realizing i love this guy more than anything and I hate but he's getting on my last being nerve. mad all the time. I hate this feeling and I, I hate this pit in my stomach when you and I are not on the same page. And I'm like, there's a problem. What is the problem? Well, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm part of that problem. Which so, leads us into our second one. 
is is yeah once we to spot the problem you got to figure out what part am i playing in that and so own your stuff i gotta own myself and so i started realizing i'm mad every day at the same time what is this that's happening and when i really (laughs) i just honestly i spent some time praying about it i spent some time journaling and like writing down if you ever go back and find those journals you'll see how mad i was when i'm talking to god in my journals about you but anyway i'm just like why is he always do why am i mad about this and when i got to the root of it i realized I just feel out of control that I'm trying to do something and I feel like I wasn't being respected. Mm. I felt like that the people at work or whoever came in your office was more important than the three of us sitting at home waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was being unappreciated and disrespected. And so when I got to the bottom of that, I was like, maybe I've just never expressed how this really makes me feel. I'm just, I'm just taking out my feelings on you. My emotions are in charge. I'm emotional about it and upset. And I've never really come to that point where I've said, hey, listen, when you don't come home at a certain time, I feel like you don't respect me. I feel like that everybody else takes precedence. I feel unappreciated that I've put the time in this meal and our family. And and I think I just needed to say that. And I never never said it before. I was zoning my stuff. I'm like, here's what my problem is. And did. And so we sat down and talked about it one night. I'm like, okay, here's where we are. And when you did that, it made me realize that I had a massive part to play in it. And I was being uh, disrespectful mm-hmm. to you because you do. I mean, you cook, you cook most every night, and that's very important uh, to us, but yeah. also, you know, to you that, that we have dinner together as a family. And that's a. You know, the old fam- families eat together, stay together. But that is one of the, de- and this is a side topic, one of the defining characteristics of families that raise healthy kids and marriages stay together is they have dinner together. Yeah. More often than not. Yeah. So that's why it was important to us. It was. and But it, until I own my stuff, the, the, th- the thing is here is that, and I love this, I don't, we read it somewhere, we're not smart enough that we came up with it, but <laughs> problems have patterns, but patterns always have partners. It takes two people to tango. I mean, you can't, you would come, you know, if, if you would just come in and been, if I'd started firing those things at you and you just said, Hey, I know you've had a rough day. What's going on here? It would have probably disarmed me. And, yeah. but we entered into that together and I, and, and we t- I mean, that was months. Yeah. Oh, it went on for a long time. But then when I started realizing, okay, I, I've got, I'm responsible for this. I'm setting this whole thing in motion. I, I had to own it. And uh, we're willing participants, and when we we've got to be self aware enough to realize that my spouse is not the only problem that that's you know yeah in this. And so, so the first thing is you got to spot the pattern. Second, you got to own your stuff. Here's the third thing: is authentically represent yourself. And so this is revealing to your spouse your truest self, which is hard in regards to this topic you know, you're talking about. Yeah, and it's it's that. It takes honesty. It takes some self-evaluation. It takes vulnerability, and it takes you having to be assertive. And like in that conversation before, I was able to sit back and say, "Okay, I re- realize here's my part in it, and I he- and this is why we're getting into this." And so, look, I need to sit down with you and just say, "Here's what I think's happening. I'm feeling this way," and that w- it did take the emotion out. And you didn't do it in the heat of the battle. You didn't right. do it at six o'clock on a weeknight when I came home 
you did it at another time, maybe a few hours later, which going back to the flat brain mm-hmm. theory of emotions is you, your, your thinking had rerouted back to the problem solving part of your brain. Yeah. And, and you did own your stuff, but honestly, the majority of that stuff had to do with me. I was really the one at fault in it. Other than the fact that you had sat on it and all that, but it takes time to process stuff. But you authentically represented yourself, and you did it in a a nice way. Mm -hmm. When we finally got down to problem solving, you did it in in a nice way, in a way that I could hear. In a way that didn't trigger more emotion. Yeah, you didn't say, you always, you big fat jerk, or anything like that. You said, "Um, this is the way it makes me feel. When you're late, it makes me feel like what I'm doing is not important or Mm -hmm. disrespected. You didn't say you're disrespecting me. Yeah. You owned your feelings, which which enabled me to hear you. Yeah. I mean, you can always hear somebody better when they're telling you, look, I'm feeling this way rather than you always. You never. That's just good communication skills that we weren't employing and we know better. Um, But every time somebody comes at you with, you're always late. You never. Think about us. You never. Nobody's going to hear it. Mm -mm. And I was able to take my emotion out of it for once somehow and sort through it. And I have a hard time with assertiveness. I want to be passive aggressive. And so my passive aggressive little things I would say here and there we're not getting through, so I should have figured that out after the 40th time. But, <laughs> I, you know, so I have a hard time being assertive and just saying, look, here's here's what I think the problem is. Here's what you're doing that makes me feel this way because I don't, I don't want you to think I'm accusing you or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had to put on my big girl assertive britches that day and say, here's what I think's happening and here's how it makes me feel. And... It, all of that takes humility. It takes, you know, you got to drop this, the sarcasm. You got to be vulnerable because it doesn't, I mean, I didn't know how you were going to respond. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, that's how we were able to start the process of real problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking about breaking patterns, that's just one example of how we tried to break the pattern. There's mm-hmm. a million of bad ones we can tell you. But Anytime you formulate a pattern, you have to, it takes intentionality to do it. Mm -hmm. Like we said, you don't just drift into good patterns and good habits. It takes intentionality. And a lot of times we'll liken it to pouring concrete. So if you've ever seen anybody pour concrete, maybe pour a sidewalk or a driveway or a road or anything like that, they have these things called forms and you put your, you lay your form out and that's your form is telling the pattern, the concrete, where you want the pattern to fall, where you want the concrete to go. And the con- the form acts as a conduit as the, the concrete is poured within it. And then after the concrete hardens and takes that shape, you remove the form. Mm-hmm. So in the same way in your communication, in your marriage, to establish a new pattern, you're going to have to put some kind of form some kind of process in place until you get that habit and it, mm. or until that pattern takes shape, until it becomes mm. a habit. And whatever that's going to look like for you, maybe that's keywords, maybe, maybe that's some trigger words, maybe that's some something that you can find common ground on. Yeah. Uh, kind of like we said last in the last episode, 
when you find yourself in that flat brain place and you're in that tango, one of you looking at each other and saying, I think we might be a little flat, flat brained, mm-hmm. you know, and then that could at least put you on the mm-hmm. same page and say, I think we're dancing again. That's right. We're tango and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So whatever that means for you, you're going to have to put some kind of form in place to reform a pattern. Yeah. And that takes practice. It does. It takes time. You're going to fail as often as you get it right. Yep. Well, and one thing we got to keep in mind here is that we're not out to just continually fight with each other and out to win. Although we like winning. We all all like, we have this tendency. Oh, and this verse, I want to get back to this verse because I love, you want to win in your marriage. I thought this was actually pretty, Uh, pretty, pretty good thing. A key to victory in your marriage. And here's the thing we got to remember, we have to both win yeah together in order for us to win if, if one of us loses the marriage loses so but psalm 149 4 says for the lord takes delight in his people he crowns the humble with victory <laughs> i love that so you want to win be humble be humble and this whole process takes humility because you got to be aware of what's happening own your stuff and then be kind in the process of authentically representing your point of view. All of that takes humility. And that's that's the big key to this because we're wired to win. We're wired to fight or flight and, and get our way. And, and the emotions take over. But we've got to remember at the end of the day that our emotions are liars. And they want to drag us into big this. Big fat liars. Big fat liars. And they want to pull us into this thing that pulls us away from our spouse and makes us selfish and win mm-hmm. and 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 not see our spouse the way we're supposed to. Yeah. So to stop the dance, you got to recognize your pattern, take ownership of your part and how you're contributing to the problem and figure out the root of the problem and then just be nice. And yeah, and work on it together. Man, we're in this thing for better or for worse. We want to do it together. We want to get through. We want to win as a team. And we've got to learn how to do that. So um, that's all we've got for today. And we hope that maybe you can take some of these things that, you know, whether it's the flat brain tango or the um, ways that we can work through that and that it'll enrich your marriage, that it'll help you on your adventure. So have a great week. We hope you'll listen next week and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.